to the Hey You Got This podcast. My name is Lizzie. And my name is Stacia. And we are your hosts in all things wellness weirdness. And today we are excited to bring to you the topic of how to use social media for good. So I think something we are all coming to realize with the recent events is that social media is a very powerful tool. And it's something that is being utilized for change and to bring awareness to a lot of topics that need to be discussed. And I think a lot of times social media gets a bad rap, but I think it's important to talk about the positive aspects of it and how it can be used for good. And I'm super excited because Lizzie and I have compiled a lot of different ideas and resources from our vast experience within this space. And we are really excited to share that with you all. Yeah, totally. So I feel like we've both been really inspired in the year 2020 with <laughs> the shit that is constantly hitting the fan. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I know, where to start? Uh, but just with like teaching people and ourselves how to use social media super productively because the way that we all engage and interact with each other is really different. This has been something that I've been thinking about a lot. And then just with, you know, the George Floyd, I think I somewhat... I saw someone on Instagram call it like the George Floyd uprising of 2020. And I was like, ooh. But everything that's happening, you know, with the protests and everything and people feeling like really passionately about what's happening in the world and not knowing how to make an impact station, I just wanted to share some really actionable ways that you can make your time on social media more productive. To start, I guess I'll just dive in. Um, I created a post last week about diversifying Instagram specifically because I was seeing a lot of people who were giving themselves a pat on the back for following black people on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it's like, cool, that's the bare minimum. (laughs) Yeah, Congratulations. So I created a resource just to kind of explain to people how the algorithm works and how also for people who are stuck at home but really want to make a positive change, you can be using your time on Instagram more productively. So I'm just going to give you a little recap of it and then we'll link the full thing below. But basically the gist of this resource that I put together was it's not enough to just follow black accounts on Instagram and then be done with it. The Instagram algorithm actually works by showing you accounts based on what you engage with. So engaging in social media like terms doesn't mean just following. It means responding to stories, liking, sharing, and commenting on their posts. And this is why, like as an example, like I see Stacia's posts all the time, but I don't see like, I don't know, like all the random like puppy accounts that I follow. I don't see their content as much because I don't engage with their content as much. And so you have to be consistently engaging with these accounts for the algorithm to notice the more you engage with accounts that are different from you, the more Instagram will push those accounts into your feed and show you more accounts like them. So if you're following, say, a bunch of black yoga teachers, it'll start to show you more black yoga teacher accounts and it will show other people who are like you these accounts too. So keep in mind how you interact on social media. You always are sort of like speaking for your entire demographic. So for Stacia and I, we are millennial white women Mm -hmm. who make a certain income. And so the way that we engage on social media impacts our whole demographic. So there's a lot of layers to the impact that you can have. You're not just diversifying your own feed. You're diversifying the feeds of users with a similar demographic profile to yours. Um, And so then I created some actionable homework for people is find an account and follow it. So some examples are like a brand, a public figure, a content creator. And I said that because this doesn't mean just go find like a random black person and be like, black lives matter. So I'm going to follow this random black stranger who like maybe doesn't even want 
people who they don't know following them on Instagram. Like it should be someone who clearly has a public facing account, like their posts, save their posts. So whatever you're doing, guys, saving is huge for the algorithm because it shows Instagram specifically, but also like TikTok that your content is so good that someone wanted to bookmark it for later. And then I also said, write a full sentence comment on that post. So you don't just want to be like heart emoji. Nice. Heart emoji, smile, 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 because that looks like something that a robot would do. So you want to write a full sentence. And then if you're really inspired, you can share that post on your Instagram stories. Stacia and I use Instagram stories like crazy, or you could DM it to a friend. This is not an opportunity to ask Black people all your questions about how to be a better ally. So while I encourage you to engage with their content, especially if you aren't engaging with Black creators, this isn't the time to be like, hey, do you have any recommendations on books I can read? Like, no, it's not their job to educate you. If you found an account by owned by a Black person that you really, really like, go and do this on multiple photos on their account. Don't just do it on one photo on their account. It shows the algorithm that you genuinely like their content mm-hmm. and it'll keep showing it to you versus that's why you don't just want to like like somebody's photo and then bounce because it shows Instagram that you don't really care. Respond to their Instagram stories if they have it and then keep doing this to multiple accounts. That's how you authentically diversify your feed. And this isn't just a today thing. This isn't just a tomorrow thing. Keep doing this. Do it with content that's actually interesting to you. So like for me, I'm not just going to go follow a bunch of people who say are car mechanics because I don't find that interesting. Mm-hmm. Not that There's anything wrong with car mechanics. I don't find that interesting. So this isn't just to like spam your feed with diverse accounts. They should also be somewhat relevant to you and your interest. So there. Exactly. And I loved when I saw that post of yours, I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, Lizzie, because you have all this knowledge on how to effectively use Instagram in a way that's meaningful for the people you do want to be supporting. And so I'm just like really appreciative of the time you took to offer that education for others on how to do that. And I really do also like the point you make about how picking accounts that you actually do want to follow is going to be important because especially when it comes to engagement, when you see content that you actually want to see, you are going to be more likely to engage in it. Right. And so I know there have been a lot of accounts that I've started to follow and look more at their content and really is this somebody that I enjoy seeing their posts? Are they making me think? Are they like, not just, oh, do they make me feel good? But like, there's a lot of accounts that definitely I'm like, oh, wow, that definitely makes me take a step back and it's hard to hear. But it's also something that I need to hear and something that I need to look at. And so it's good to follow like the different accounts that really do diversify your account, but that also make you want to engage with them because their content is relevant and important to you. Yeah. And it's not just diversity for diversity's sake. And also I'm wearing my social media marketing professional hat right now. But if you're just following those accounts and don't have a genuine interest in what they're posting, you're actually doing them a disservice too because especially if they are like influencers content creators the kind of people who are like sort of their worth is attached to how people respond to their account if they have a ton of followers who just follow them because they don't look like them but then aren't engaging that tanks your engagement rate and engagement rate is this formula that brands marketing companies social media influencers look at to see like how authentic your content is and so 
I encourage you guys to look this up. I'll post the formula in our notes. But so if you're just following these accounts and never engaging with them beyond just day one, that actually does their business a huge disservice. So that's also something to think about and why you want to find accounts that you are genuinely interested in. And that goes back to what Stacia and I were talking about in our last episode too, of if you have no money to spend, you know, just supporting someone on YouTube or on TikTok goes a really, really long way. Yes. And I do think that another important thing to bring up, and you mention it here in our show notes, but this idea that when we are sharing and when we are consuming that to actually taking the time to think, is this an idea I actually want to embody? Or is this something that I truly believe in and doing your own internal check as well as just, hey, is this also a resource that has been well thought out? And do I trust the person who is promoting it? Because I know, obviously, there was a huge drama that went down on Instagram this last week. And uh, I know that we saw a lot of people participate in it. And then, and again, well-intentioned people, but I think it's very important. Again, something that I see reiterated and something that I have believed to my core for a long time now is, yeah, that's great that you didn't intend for it to be harmful, but your impact was harmful. And that's okay. You can come back from that. It's not like, oh, you're now a bad person, but just remembering that the impact and like when you do share something, do your due diligence. Critical thinking is important here, people. Like this is how the spread of misinformation and things that are actually harmful to what you are trying to accomplish happen. Right. And like, again, I've been guilty of doing things like this all the time. We all have. It's not like, oh, listen to me because I've never made a mistake. But this idea that I I would love to hear what you think about like what happened with the black square and Ooh, you yeah. know blind reposting on Instagram. Totally. The black squares, I mean, I think this is so interesting because as someone who studied like public relations and marketing in school, I would not be surprised if like this becomes like a case study that's studied in like communication classes and college, you know, moving forward. But on, I don't even remember what day it was, a bunch of people started posting black squares on their accounts in solidarity of Black Lives Matter using the hashtags Black Lives Matter and some other really important hashtags to that movement. And it ended up, you know, it was started by some women in the music industry, but then sort of like co-opted by all of these other people. And why it was problematic is because, I mean, there's so many reasons, but one of the things is think about everybody that you know who posted a black square. And it's probably a lot of people who don't regularly post on Instagram. So all of a sudden there were like way more posts that day than there normally would be on any given day. So it was oversaturated. And the point of hashtags is to be able to find information when you need it. So suddenly all of our feeds were just black. And so people people couldn't actually find any helpful information by searching these hashtags because it was all just squares. So like, Stacia, I know you do this too because I've seen how you've been interacting on Instagram Instagram the last couple of days, but like I get a lot of my news from Instagram, especially with like the protests that's happening. You know, there's been one that's now going on day 10 or 11, I think the day that we're recording this. And that's how people get news and information. So when you flood social media with all of these black squares, it doesn't really help people be able to access that information. There were also a lot of people who were kind of doing it as a one and done thing. Like, look, I support Black Lives Matter and I'm posting this square and that's it. I've done my work. And a lot of people were saying like, silence your feed to amplify black voices. But then that got 
turned into Stacia, Lizzie, white people, don't do anything on social media today. Get off social media so that we can hear the black voices. And it ended up being like a, it got turned into this thing of like white people, nobody should say anything on social media. Get off social media so that these black voices can be heard, which that's not helpful, right? Like, and the intention, the idea behind the black squares was like, Stacia, you're not going to post your content for the day. You're going to repost all of this really helpful content from black leaders to amplify melanated voices, which is another hashtag that I encourage you guys to look up. But people ended up totally missing the point and like getting off social media for the whole day, logging off, removing any of their content and not engaging with the movement. So it just completely oversaturated everything. And then also people weren't getting really important information that they needed. And I think that it's important to note that they don't even necessarily know who co-opted the movement to make it happen, which is like suspect. But I also just have to mention, and maybe this is petty AF as me, but like, I don't even care because something that I've really appreciated is in response to Blackout Tuesday, they did a hashtag Whiteout Tuesday. And so these people that want to do the all lives matter and this type of stuff during this time. Oh, I haven't even seen this. This is great. Oh no, this is the most beautiful thing ever. So if you just want to know how many people this movement, like this global movement now has having their back, we have K-pop fans that will literally at the drop of a hat instantly inundate any groups that are trying to take over the important movement that needs to be heard and doing the same thing as when we co-opted the Black Lives Matter and took up the space with Black Squares, they took over that hashtag and got over 60,000 posts. And I'm not even sure, it's called like a a fan cam. So it's just like these weird little mini compilation videos of K-pop stars. I love this so much. So if you search the hashtag Whiteout Tuesday, you will see just endless endless amounts of k-pop fandom and it's this really beautiful thing to know that we have this big group supporting us and the movement and that yes i think that we do need to open up communication with the people that don't always necessarily agree with us but when people are like in opposition just to like elevate the voices of like hatred and these things that are really negative flooding it with k-pop fandom is like the most beautiful form of social so justice funny. i've ever seen yeah <laughs> so i just really appreciated that <laughs> that's amazing no that's so cool yeah and it is i will say i know that life is really hard right now globally right we have a pandemic happening on top of all of this it's not hunky-dory but it has been very inspiring to see these like little social media rebellions and movements taking over and just being like, oh yeah, people are like stepping the fuck up. Um, We have Mennonites showing up for Black Lives Matter. We have witches showing up for Black Lives Matter. We have people that you would never imagine showing up, showing up. And I think that it really is just powerful to see and that social media allows us to see what is happening in the world because before like when I think of like the civil rights movement or like really poignant times in history the only way people got their news was through the news and as we are now becoming more aware of the news doesn't necessarily paint the entire picture 
and can be skewed to fit a certain agenda. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and I mean, not saying that this won't happen on social media. So again, you have to be careful with what you're consuming. But I believe more firsthand accounts of people that are there with video proof of what's happening yes. versus what the news is telling me. So it really is a powerful time to be a part of a movement like this because we do have access to more information than just what we're told by the powers that be. Absolutely. And I think, I feel like I've mentioned this before. Yeah. And I've, I've brought it up on the podcast. I used to work for uh, one of the local news stations and I don't choose to consume my news from a local news station, but I encourage you guys, I've done this a couple times the last week or so. I encourage you guys to watch your local news just for like 10 minutes and notice how they're talking about things because it's pretty wild and it totally backs up Stacia's point of if you're just listening to like the local news it's fucking crazy Mm -hmm. it's so like the perspective that they give versus like the people who are just live streaming everything is it's like I guess this is kind of an odd statement to say now but it's black and white right it's like it's totally opposite ends of the spectrum and I really encourage you guys to like you know don't necessarily support your local news station but like watch it for a little bit and see how they're reporting because it's crazy. Yeah, I saw some clip from one of, I would say it's been something that has been widely shared of cops running over hordes of protesters and the woman showed how the news reported it and it only showed the cop like moving a tiny bit, just like a little nudge and then it ended and then you see the rest of the clip if they had actually showed it and it shows both cars proceeding to zoom over all the people. And it's like the news just conveniently forgot to show that part of it and yes, I understand that there are two sides to every story so I'm not just saying like only post things that show the cops being brutal to the protesters without being very investigatory, I don't know what the word is, without like looking for what, thank you, I can't speak English, um, for- None of us can, all of us are brain dead. (laughs) For what might have actually like incited it, because again, I'm not trying to justify either side, like there are always two sides, so I don't think it just like believe everything you see from either source, but I think it's good to get a variety of uh, viewpoints instead of just one viewpoint. Totally. No, and I do think that's, I've been reminding myself that and also with social media of like, get different viewpoints, follow people who have different viewpoints from you. Like, you know, somebody made the point of, it was somebody we went to high school with, Stacia, posted this thing that was like, you can search through all of your friends that are following Donald Trump on Facebook, and then you can like, It'll let you filter all of those people and then unfollow all of them. And this guy we went to high school with made the point of like, hey, I follow him on Facebook because I want to see all the shit that he posts. Mm -hmm. You know, like don't just assume that because someone's following somebody that they are in support of them. It could be to like keep tabs on them or to have exposure to differing forms of media. And while I, you know, don't necessarily get my news from the local news, I do try to watch it a few times a week. And my brother is also like really into the local news. So (laughs) that helps. But I try to watch it a couple times a week to understand where like our parents' generation is coming from with the, you know, content that they consume and the perspective that they have. I think it's really, really important. Yeah. And to stay informed, again, I think it's also important too to notice that just because you might disagree with someone on some points like yes maybe there are friendships that do end up being ended because what they are saying and promoting is just too hurtful and harmful but I also do want to remind everybody that we can't just continue to only 
engage with people who have the same thoughts and viewpoints as us, because then we're missing out on an opportunity to engage with people that might eventually hear the message that we are trying to speak. And it might not happen perfectly and it might not happen right away, but by just like being like, nope, blocked, unfriended, because you said one thing. I'm not saying that if somebody is being outwardly hurtful and harmful, like, of course, like, don't engage. Yeah, if their content makes you feel unsafe, for sure, yeah. But if it's just because someone says, like, hey, I support this, instead of being like, block, unfriend, maybe be like, oh, I would love, like, that's where good communication can come into play and be a really effective tool for opening up conversations. And I mean, yes, not everybody is going to be willing to have that conversation, But I do think it's important to not just immediately disregard somebody just because they do have a different viewpoint than you. Right. Yeah, because you also, I think it's important to understand what led all of us to have our viewpoints, like the whole story of each individual. And, you know, if we are just blindly unfollowing people and being like, I don't agree with, you know, blah, 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 then we are just as bad as what we are trying to change, which I have to remind myself because I get very fired up when I see things and I have to be like, don't be the type of person that you're trying to fight against, Lizzie. It's not productive. Stacia, you have a lot of really great thoughts on just like conscious consumption and taking breaks. I know we've kind of talked about like unfollowing really abusive accounts, but like just what are your tips on not letting yourself get completely burnt out on social media? Of course. (laughs) With like how depressing it is right now. Well, I think it's really interesting for me. Something that I've just noticed in general for me is I've shifted more towards TikTok, which is interesting because I just, I have felt like it has been a more authentic space for me to see things that actually matter for me. And again, I am, I'll be the first to admit on Instagram, like before all this, no matter what, I am terrible at engaging with other accounts. I am the person that when I'm on it, I just am like, ha ha ha. And I never like a post. I never, I'm terrible. That's not true. (laughs) You always, you always are super supportive on Instagram. I feel like I'm getting a little bit better, but it's probably why my explore page and the things that are pushed towards me, like don't really reflect the kind of content that I want to see. So like I am end up being on TikTok because I don't know what the algorithm knows about me, but it seems to know that I want to see a lot of diversity and it shows it to me. And so that has been a place where I've been spending more time because I appreciate the diversity with which I see there. But that being said as well, like I think in the last week, my screen time went up like 17%. I'm sure, yeah. And like I would find myself up till 1.30 in the morning on Twitter looking at Anonymous and what he's retweeting or they, sorry, they, they (laughs) They, are retweeting and going on TikTok to get like live updates on what's happening in the protests around the world, because I feel like it's been more informative than again, like we say, the local news. Like I like it seeing the different perspectives of what people are experiencing firsthand. And so for me, I mean, I'm definitely have not been great at setting boundaries this week when it comes to what I'm consuming because I do try to be really mindful and intentional because I know that it can get I can get carried away with it and it doesn't always necessarily mean 
that it's more helpful or that I'm that it's not actually helping me by consuming more, even though honestly, in this last week, the stuff that I feel like I've been getting from the social media I've been consuming has been like super important. So like (laughs) it hasn't been overwhelming me or I mean, I should be taking care of my sleep and food and exercise. But like I said, in the last episode, that's been thrown out the window. I'm eating cookie dough for breakfast. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's like a global revolution right now. So it's like, yeah, I feel you. Um, Something I've been doing is like sometimes I'll realize I'm hitting the wall with like screen time, but I still really want to consume content. So I'll switch to like a news podcast or something. And that's been really helpful for me to feel like I'm still connected, but not like burning my eyeballs out. And maybe I'll go like take a walk while I'm doing that. So I'm not just like, I don't know. I'm sure you have, I feel like every one of my friends who I've talked to in the last couple of days had this instance over the weekend where it's like 1am, you're on the couch, you've been in the same position for six hours on social media, just like, what is happening in the world? And your body's like a Rice Krispie treat. So (laughs) yeah, I think that your points were, were really, really great. And just, yeah, making sure that you're being thoughtful and yeah, take, take breaks guys. Even I know it's hard to feel really powerless, but we all have to take breaks. (laughs) Yeah. And to like, remember to experience joy during this time too and that's it's allowed and I think that's something that I have to remind myself of because I'm like oh my gosh there's so much work that needs to be done but like just like with health and wellness it's a marathon not a sprint like yes there are certain things that need to be immediately addressed and the fact that so much action has been taken in this last week is so powerful and important so I think that that is a necessary piece of it that there needs to be immediate action but also understand that this is work that's going to take lifetimes to truly truly change and shift and we definitely have the power to make that happen faster by continuing our involvement in it but also taking space for joy like on uh, Friday we went into Gig Harbor and celebrated my niece's birthday and uh, my brother, sister and sister-in-law and my sister's boyfriend, we all stayed up till like two in the morning playing Jackbox TV, I think is what it is. So it's like these yeah. different games and just like laughing and having the best time ever and just like remembering that there is space for that to have laughter and joy and that you're not selfish for taking that time to like be with the people you love and uh, make good memories, even though there is work to be done. So like reminding myself, I have to do that because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do and like so much justice to be served. And I'm feeling really fired up, but also remembering to, in order to sustain that type of passion and action, like you do need to balance that out with the other things in your life that are important to you. (laughs) Right. I know. And something I, I was like, duh, but I have seen a lot of the black content creators that I follow posting, especially the last few days have been like, thank you for all of your support for our community and like, you know, Black Lives Matter, all of that stuff. But also please celebrate our joy and like the wins and successes of our community. You know, like don't just be posting about all of our oppression and all of the terrible things happening in our community. Post about like our joy and our wins and our like real life too. And I think that that's really important is, you know, we're all very focused on like the world is falling apart. Everything's terrible. Well, that is, yeah. Um, it's important to celebrate the joy of these communities and ourselves too, like just for, for balance, you know? And I do think there are a lot of really beautiful things happening in the world right now and really great changes coming and it's, it's okay to celebrate those and, 
It's not productive if you're like, people are being oppressed everywhere, so I'm just going to oppress myself (laughs) 24-7 so that I can be helpful. I find myself getting in that headspace a lot, so. Yes, I agree that it's important to find that balance within because we all need to make space for the change that needs to happen and the taking care of ourselves that allows us to continue to fight for that change. Yeah, totally. Um, Do you have any other like social media tips, Stacia, for using social media for good when you're stuck at home in a global pandemic and there's like an uprising in society? Oh my! Just like a quick (laughs) soundbite. I love it so much. It just seems like I just I can't wait for the years to come as we all unpack just how deeply traumatizing this all is. Oh my Uh, god! So fun. So like, I'm true. glad we can joke about it as we're all in this just madness. But I do think that uh, something that I really liked and that a message that I've been seeing consistently is like figuring out your place in all of this, understanding that you don't have to show up at the protests in order to make a difference and you don't need to be the person that's talking the loudest in order to make a difference and that we all have different roles. Just like when we think of like our personality types, like we all have different skills and things that we can be using for good and to realize that those all we all have roles within what's happening right now and ways with which we can help and they're not going to all look the same and like something that I really have focused on and something that I'm working on gathering the resources for because something that I'm actually kind of shocked that I haven't seen more of within the entrepreneurship space is this idea that we have so many skills in the work that we do that we have learned from owning our own businesses and doing the work that we do and so when I see people that are only either throwing money at a cause or only it's like their support is one dimensional. I'm like, you have so much power in the skills that you have cultivated over the years of the work that you do. That's such a good point. Let's use that power for so much good and something that I have been fine tuning. And I know like I myself am nervous to like put something out there because I'm like, oh my gosh, like, is this the right thing? Is this something people need? What if it's whatever else? But I'm like, no, Stacia, like you have ideas and it's time to put them out into the world. And one resource that I've developed, I'm creating these little business card like things that are going to be laminated and they're going to, I'm going to, it's going to be like a little two pack and one's going to be on how to have effective communication when you see or hear something racist, like phrases, like just go to things that are in your back pocket so you can start engaging in a meaningful way. And then also questions to ask yourself when you feel yourself getting defensive or you're feeling your white fragility come out. And so like Mm. one thing that I realized is I'm consuming all of this content currently is I'm like, okay, well, what are the takeaways and how can I actually take this with me? And I think so often we are consuming so much that we forget like the key points of what we're trying to learn here and having a resource like that. And then the proceeds are going to go to movements that are supporting the cause right now. And that's the power we have as creators when we actually use it towards the greater good. And I just, I am hoping that I see more of this as opposed to, okay, yeah, it's fantastic that this space exists and that we can, as entrepreneurs, build successful businesses for ourselves. But what does it say about us if we are only using it for our personal gain? And instead of like figuring out ways to give back to the community, because it's too important to 
and too selfish, in my opinion, to only take care of yourself and make sure that you are taken care of in this world. So I am like, yeah, here to use what small influence I have currently, but like that I want to put out some good into this world that I think might help make even the tiniest of difference. And there's no no difference that's too small. Like, what if I sell 10 of these? Fantastic. I'm learning and I'm trying to create great resources and I would rather try than let my ideas not be brought out into the world because I'm afraid of what's going to happen. Well, and that's 10 people that have opened themselves up to having those conversations. And I love the point that you made about not just donating or not just protesting because I feel I see a lot of people who are like, I don't have extra money to donate to causes and or I am nervous about COVID or have, you know, health reasons to not be able to protest. So what can I do? And I think you really hit the nail on the head of like, look at your skill set. How can you, you know, like I have a large social media platform. So anytime I find something that's helpful that I vetted, that is like legit info, I repost that shit. Cause like, I don't need to, I don't need to like be creating all of these resources and reinventing the wheel. There's a bunch of really good resources out there. So I can use my obsessive organizational <laughs> That Stacia, poor Stacia always has to be on the like um, receiving end. I'm so end grateful up. that it exists, Lizzie. You know I love it. <laughs> no, but I'm just like so intense about it. But like I can use my organizational ways and my social media platform to then like compile all of these resources and share them out. I think that you made a really good point and that we all feel like we have to like create something or like do something from scratch. And like maybe your support is like amplifying or like resharing, you know, these things from other people. And I think that ties back to how you can use social media for good right now is even if you're not saying anything, you're not compiling any of your own thoughts, resharing helpful information, resharing different viewpoints, calling out accounts that you found really helpful. That is such a powerful thing that you can do. And Stacia made the point earlier that we are seeing what happens when like all the stuff we read in history books happens in present day with social media and the internet and it's so different. So like you can harness your own corner of the internet, even if you have like five followers and they're all your weird relatives. (laughs) I totally agree. There's nothing that is too small and that I do really just encourage people to look within and seeing if the work that they're doing is multidimensional. And if the people that you really are leading in this space are multidimensional because there are a lot of ways that we can show solidarity and support and uh, just posting about it as far as just like I especially with like big brands just being like yeah I support it that that is not enough like can we just side note celebrate how just strongly worded Ben and Jerry's statement of solidarity was Mm. like I was so appreciative of that because it's like one of those things where everybody's like oh shoot okay so it's gonna look bad for business if we don't say something so let's just do the cookie cutter response and then here comes Ben and Jerry's and they're calling out white supremacy they're calling out racism They're calling out the systems that are not working. And I'm like, oh, shit, they down for the cause. Also, I ate two pints of ice cream from Ben and Jerry's. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, my social activism is eating this fucking ice cream right now. Yes. I just really appreciated Ben and Jerry taking a strong stance because I think that that's what really matters is when you see that like people aren't just doing what's good for business because look at the NFL, for example. They were so against Colin Kaepernick and his protest. They were so much against him that they basically destroyed his career. And now they're coming back. We are so in solidarity, blah, 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 blah. And it's like too little too late. Yeah. Yeah. When it looked bad for you to support it, 
you denied that this was a problem. And now that it looks bad not to support it, you're like, oh, wait, just kidding. And again, not that people can't change their mind or people can't learn and grow and that we shouldn't offer them grace through learning through their mistakes. But when it comes to big companies, just be paying attention. Right. And when they're only doing it when it's on a really big scale or when shit has finally hit the fan. And you reminded me of something that I meant to add to our notes. But, you know, what Stacia is saying about how all of these companies respond, just be like super aware and read through like, you know, reread their message a couple times and be like, is this just for the optics because they feel pressured to speak out or to say something? Or do they like actually feel really passionately about this? There's another movement. I don't know if you've seen it, Stacia. I can't remember the exact name, but it's basically companies people are encouraging companies to release the statistics of their executive leadership or their like employees. So it's like, okay, if you really stand with us, tell us what percentage of your employees or your executive board are white, are black, are Asian, you know, and like, just be super upfront about it, post it publicly, Mm -hmm. and then tell us if it's really white or just really like not diverse, how you're going to be changing it. And it's been cool to see the companies that actually are like, here are our stats, here is our group. And you know, not everyone doing it. But I do think that's another really great example of watching to see if companies are just doing something because it's like the right thing to do or because they actually believe in it. And you guys as social media can, you know, consumers and shoppers can take that information and let it really influence your habits. Yeah. And like, look for transparency. Again, if a large company comes out and they're like, yo, we've been we've been participating in something that we don't believe in or support anymore. And we are committed. And this is how we're going to do it. And they continually transparently show you how they are committed through their actions. Like, that's great. It doesn't I would I'm happy to like forgive and forget for past transgressions. I don't think we need to forever burn people at the stake for past mistakes. But just I think trans transparency and companies being willing to be transparent is something that like I hope there's more of in the future because even think about like the police force and what's going on there there has been zero transparency mm-hmm. in what's being done to hold these officers accountable and so like we as the people as that our taxpayer dollars are going to support this and we get zero transparency from that organization and that's not okay right and uh, so I think that transparency is really key in times like now Yeah, when I was at the protest uh, yesterday on Capitol Hill, the guy who was leading just like the chants and everything had a megaphone and he was like, who's policing the police? And he made the point of like, you know, this is an organization that doesn't have like an outside leadership, you know, say you are welcome to have whatever opinions you guys want about the police. But I do think that that was an interesting point of as an organization, they don't have like an external governing body. They're governed from within. And that's also something just to observe in your own, you know, media consumption, your spending habits is how are these organizations operating. And I think there's just obviously like, it's so funny how talking about social media can like lead to these social justice issues of like, we're talking about the police force now. Like this is really, there's so much to unpack and we are like barely scratching the surface of all of this, but you are here listening to this podcast, which means you are consuming media and you are a part of social media. You might follow us on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think it is important just to realize not only the power you have, but the power that social media has and that it can be used to create change and that there's a lot of good in it. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I hope that you guys leave feeling like you sort of have some direction, some actionable steps of how you can use your social media to further things that you're really passionate about. And if you want to continue diving in kind of more collectively to what's happening in the world, just a reminder that our June 2020 book club read is Hood Feminism. We have it linked on our website, our Instagram, and I'll link it in the show notes too. So we would love to hear your thoughts and have you read along with us. Stacia. What's your yay for the day? My yay for the day would be that I recently got a new keyboard and uh, part of the singing lessons that I've been doing has also been teaching myself the piano along with it. Stacia, that's so cool. Yeah, it's just been really exciting. I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram. There was a point where I posted like a little song that I had worked on while like accompanying it with the piano. And that was like my first time singing and playing the piano, which has kind of been like one of my goals is just to be able to like play the piano and sing, even though I'm by no means fantastic at it. But just continuing that practice and remembering that music brings me a lot of joy and happiness and that making time for that in my life has been like really grounding and calming and And uh, so I'm just really grateful that I have the resources to provide myself with a really awesome keyboard that allows me to continue my singing lessons, which is also a privilege that I can afford. And uh, so I'm just feeling really grateful that I have the resources to be able to pursue these things in a way that uh, is really enriching in my life. And so I'm just grateful for that. So that's my <laughs> for the day. That's a good one. I can't wait for you to have a performance. I know. I'll say hey, you all soon enough. Performance. <laughs> do it, do it. But uh, yeah, so that is my yay for the day. And I would love to hear yours, Lizzie. Oof, what is my yay for the day? My yay for the day is last night. I So I Friday went to a protest yesterday, which is Sunday, I went to a protest and just like the stress of everything, you know, the mind body connection is real guys. So my body has been feeling like a brittle old rice crispy treat. So I took the time last night. I was like, I'm going to do an online restorative yoga class at 6 PM. And I, you know, I like put that out into the world, told my roomies. Um, I live with my brother and my husband. If you're like, who are the roomies? Uh, For those of you listening. And your two doggos. (laughs) And my doggos. And my husband, Dan, did yoga with me, which like never really happens. And it's always like something I really want to do. I always want to do yoga together. So it was just really fun to like, you know, we're all going on month 5,000 of quarantine and to like find fun ways to spend time together and to do some yoga. And also my body just feels so much better now that I did it. So I'm glad that I forced myself to do it instead of just being like, I'm going to eat more Ben and Jerry's and watch more Netflix. (laughs) Because that's (laughs) been my weekend. (laughs) Yay! I love it. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Like, rate, review, subscribe, follow us on all the social medias. And Stacia, what do you want them to remember? Hey, you got this. Yes. Bye, guys.